0: Coming up on today's show, I'm talking to Caroline Codsey, the President of Women in Governance, a Canadian organisation seeking to give women a bigger voice and more representation in the boardroom. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, today joined by my wife, Hayley, uh, giving you views and news from leaders across the industry. So if you're interested in tech and you just want a bit of extra insight, here's the podcast for you. It's Christmas. Hey! Yes, I, I'm joined by my wife. Because it's Christmas. No, not just because it's Christmas. It's very nice to have you on the show, Haley. Oh,
1: thank you very much. Have you done your wrapping? I have.
0: No, you haven't. That's a lie. I know that you've still got two things to wrap. If they're mine, I'll be terribly disappointed.
1: <laughs> okay, two things to wrap, yes. But have you done any wrapping?
0: Yes, I've wrapped your presents, and both times that I tried to wrap your presents, you tore me off and told me that I'd done them wrong.
1: Yeah, okay. And then
0: reposition stuff, which is not exactly within the spirit of Christmas.
1: It was like Picasso did my wrapping and just nowhere near as expensive. Um, (laughs) I thought I'd done a very good job. Okay. I should have taken a photo and put them online (laughs) because it was appalling. Well, look, it is Christmas Eve. It is! Yes, we're about to head to Southend to your brothers. We are indeed. Are you excited? I am. I'm very excited. <laughs> I want to open my presents.
0: <laughs> well, not long now. Um, but look, before that, we have got an interview. So, um, yeah, we want to share this with people. It's Christmas Eve. Um, you know, Santa's crossing the planet at a rapid rate of knots tonight, so we thought we'd bring you an interview from Canada. Uh, yes, where well,
1: it's snowy, and he's not too far away from there. Well, exactly.
0: There is that as well. He is close as the North Pole there, isn't he? Yes. Yes. So, we've got an interview from Canada. It's with Caroline Codsey, who's the president of Femina, oh, hang on, uh, Le Femina en Gouvernance. I'll try the French pronunciation. You'll see why I have screwed that up in a second. Uh, we'll hand over to the interviewer than myself and my lovely wife, Haley will have some thoughts afterwards. So today I am talking to Caroline Codsey, uh, the, I'm not going to try and pronounce this in French. I'm just going to say the president of Women in Governance. Uh, what, what would the, the French Canadian be for the same organisation?
2: Ah uh, well, so the French name is la gouvernance au féminin
0: primarily uh, do you conduct business in French or in English? I only asked that because your email signature is French first
2: uh well, in Montreal, in French, but in the rest of Canada in English
0: and your and organization
2: continue-
0: is the entire country right I'm
2: sorry, I was just going to say we we're also now doing a lot of work with the United States, so uh, obviously in English there
0: cool, okay look, we met um In the lovely springtime in Paris, uh, as part of the Women in Tech Awards around Viva Tech. Um, And I have to admit, at the time, uh, I was just completely blown away by what you've built with women in governance. So I'm really pleased that you've been able to spare some time to talk to us. Well,
2: Thank Um, you so much, David. It's an honour. (laughs)
0: Uh, Look, just very quickly, uh, we will have listeners who don't know who Women in Governance are. Do you mind explaining what the organization is um, and, and how you've gone about building that since 2010?
2: Of course. So, Women in Governance is a nonprofit organization that aims to bring more women into corporate boards. Uh, so, it came from my own experience as I was in the corporate world and in executive roles, and finding myself very lonely at the top with very mm-hmm. few women around me, um, and uh, digging deeper into statistics and reasons why there were less women. And uh, at the time, you know, with the first moment where I completely realized what was going on was in 2009 uh, when I was doing some governance training and there were very few women in the uh, even in the classroom. So I decided to sensitize people to uh, organize events with uh, both men and women because to me this is essential that men are part of the problem and part of the solution and they have been instrumental in helping us move the needle. Um, mm-hmm. So through these events my goal was to obviously get people to understand what the situation was, but also what we can do to change things. So we've been very uh, successful in bringing very high-profile uh, speakers, uh, including heads of states or, or uh, candidates like uh, Hillary Clinton um, to the uh, American elections, mm-hmm. or uh, heads of organizations, heads of boards, etc., men and women, to talk about what could be done to change things, and then we've also implemented a mentoring program, governance training, and more recently three years ago we've also <laughs> launched a parity certification which has really become sort of our flagship and which we've built with the pro bono um, support of uh, McKinsey and company
0: right so If we rewind a little bit, you said that you were lonely in your executive roles. Um, How does Canada stack up compared to the rest of the world in in terms of the the dynamic of the boardroom and the number of women in the boardroom?
2: Well, I'd say that overall, culturally, we're doing very well because Canada is a very progressive country and women are extremely respected. Um, There's a lot of... Emphasis on gender equality in this country, obviously, also coming from our prime minister, who is a true feminist and who has been, thank God, re elected uh, to office in October. So he's back for another four year period. Uh, so he's been very vocal on the importance of closing the gender gap. But the reality, though, is still very harsh in the sense that we have no legislation, Uh, unlike France, for instance, or unlike these Scandinavian countries who have had legislation for for many, many years. So in terms of women on corporate boards, it all depends on whether you're looking at overall, let's say, you know, um, the 500 largest companies in Canada, or if you look at, you know, the top 60, the TSX 60, which is our top 60 listed uh, organizations, it can vary between 14. 18% and 22%, which is still, you know, uh, not even half of what France has, and way behind the UK as well. The UK doesn't have legislation, it has the complier explain, which we have adopted as well in Canada, probably five years ago, uh, but hasn't had a tremendous impact here yet.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do you think the UK and France are further ahead than Canada is? Because I've always thought of Canada as being a very open, liberal, forward thinking society.
2: And, and it is. But interestingly enough, when it comes to these things of, you know, women on boards or women, even if you look at our top uh, top 500 companies in Canada, there's only 5% of the CEOs that are male. It's, it's right. ridiculously low. And in the States, it's the exact same thing. Actually, you know, oddly enough, the States are even maybe a little bit behind uh, Canada. Well, oddly enough, then again, you know. Um, If it's a tone at the top, it's a very different tone uh, with our, our neighbors to the south. But, you know, there have been very candid conversations in Europe and so have there here in Canada. But what I think that Europe has done differently is be a lot more deliberate in terms of concrete action. And this is why I've decided to create this certification here in Canada, because there was a lot of lip service. So everybody wants to do the right thing. Everybody wants to put that on their website. Everybody wants to attract women and promote them and compensate them uh, fairly and bring them to the top. But they don't look at what is actually stopping women. They don't See that you know these are organizations that have been built by men for men, and that are now just saying you know the right thing to say, which is we want more women uh, at the top, but they're not doing things concretely. How are you changing things to make your your you know your your um, workplace more attractive to women what do mm. you do for women to stay when they come back from maternity leave uh you know how do they not run back to their to their homes and and, and want to know nothing about about your what you have to offer anymore you need to to put in place some policies some procedures that are very um you know um uh, respectful of women, but also that are very um, working in the same direction as them. So just saying the right thing is not going to be enough. It's doing, it's the actions, the very concrete actions. And the organizations now with our certification are really doing a lot of efforts to concretely modify not only the culture, not only their bias, not only the numbers, quantit you know, quantitative data, yeah. but also the quantify the, the sorry the quality of what they have to offer for women, make it an attractive workplace for women to thrive. So we're we're on the right path.
0: Would you just very quickly as an aside, you obviously you, you've expanded into the States is it wrong to assume that the States is more similar to Canada than it is to Europe?
2: Absolutely. The States is much more similar to Canada. Yeah. Um, there's also no legislation and no appetite for legislation. And this is what I find difficult is I've done a lot of lobbying over the past few years because the deputy who wrote the quotas Law in France, Marie-Josée Merman, is a good friend of mine. She actually came to our gala in Montreal a few years ago. Uh, she was very vocal on how you know the legislation has actually helped French companies move the needle concretely. But there is a bit of a more, uh, you know, the, the the mentality in North America for how organizations can run their business is very different. You can really do whatever you please when you run your business. Uh, the government has nothing to say to you in terms of what, you know, what you need to do uh, in your recruiting. It said, well, of course, there are laws for um, equal pay. Um, there's been a provincial law in Quebec for 20 years and it's more recently been adopted at the federal government level, Um, more recently, i.e. last year. Um, But still, the government feels shy to uh, interfere in uh, private business, even publicly traded companies. So Mm. they haven't been very vocal. And in my sense, they haven't been vocal enough because we've got in, in, in Canada... Out of our about 600 publicly traded companies, there's 211 companies that don't even have one woman around the boardroom table. So it's all, you know, all male, pale, stale board uh, (laughs) with not even one woman. And so it just, To me, it boggles my mind that these people don't understand that for their business, for their competitiveness, for their innovation, for their financial performance, they need diversity.
0: So it's interesting that you're talking about the fact that there's no legislation and there's no appetite for legislation. You talk a lot about the role of influential male allies. But if those allies are to be, again, more than just words, but actually actions, what what can they do to help attract and promote an inclusive environment? What can they practically do?
2: Well, there's a few things. So first of all, men, no matter what their level is within the organization, uh, will be listened to more by other men. So they can easily be, you know, models of um, male allies, so that they can have more around them. If they happen to be the CEO of the organization, it is very easy for them to be vocal on that matter, to take a public stance, to encourage the other CEOs to do the same. Uh, In France, there's even a bunch of CEOs who, uh, male CEOs, who put themselves together to write a book about the importance of uh, parity. So Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really important that women feel that it is not a women's movement. You know, women for women, by women, amongst women. It really needs to be together because if we th- we all agree that it is better for our society and better for our economy that women can participate uh, in every, you know, Everywhere, at every level, then um, men are those who have the power to open the door, to be mentors, to be sponsors, to to allow women in into the boardroom. And mm-hmm. when there's an opening on, a, you know, whether it's at the executive committee or whether it's on a board, to say, well, can we just stop looking in the same groups of friends of ours, our boys club, can we maybe, uh, you know, these are the women that I know, these are the women that I'd like to uh, invite um, to take, to take a stand, um, you know, to serve on our board. And these other men who've been on that board for 20 plus years should decide to leave their spot because after, you know, there should be terms, there should be limited time that you can serve on a board so mm-hmm. that the board is always super innovative, uh, has fresh perspectives, has different points of view. People can contribute to a conversation that is going to reinforce any organization versus people who all think the same, dress the same, yeah. uh, you know, have the same friends. Uh, you you might as well just be looking at yourself in a mirror and uh, make a decision on your own versus have all these people who can, you know, challenge you, because it's important to be challenged when you have, uh, you know, an important decision to make, be challenged so that you're certain you're making the best decision.
0: Yeah, you were you were in the sales industry predominantly, you were in sales roles, rather, you're in talent and medical sales. Um, and obviously, now you're leading this this large community this this, this yes. large international organization do you see certain sectors that have got the bit between their teeth a little bit more than others or is, the, is it really down to each individual organization depending on who's in that boardroom?
2: Well of course there are certain industries that struggle more than others um, and I'll give you a perfect example uh, that is Rolls-Royce uh, who manufacture um, Airplane engines here in Quebec. Um, they have 85% male employees. Um, they have decided to do our certification. The way it works is that we we, we um, rack organizations from bronze to platinum. Right. And Rolls-Royce actually did not even make it to bronze because we look at their, their uh, quantifiable uh, data So the numbers of women at each level from entry level all the way to the executive committee and to the board. But we also look at their... more of the, the, the quality of their documentation in terms of what they do to support women. You know, what initiatives, what policies, what mechanisms they've put in place, what initiatives they've encouraged their, 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 their female leaders to, uh, to follow. And then we've found that there was just not enough of anything in there to give them the bronze status. And usually it's confidential information. We'll go back to the organization and we'll say, listen, we are going to give you a report Um, with recommendations and best practices and support you for a 12 month period. And hopefully next year you'll be able to make it to bronze, but this year you can't, but they've decided to not keep it confidential, but be vocal and say, well, we tried and we failed, but we have had, um, you know, um, a hard time uh, so far recruiting women and attracting them and retaining them. But now we want to put an emphasis. No, we're not good, but, recognize that we are wanting to make that effort and getting help. And so this is, you know, attracting a lot of some sympathy from, from people mm. who say, well, you know what, they've opened their kimono and they're being very humble about it. <laughs> and, you know, and that's that's really lovely. That's that's a really lovely gesture from their male CEO.
0: Out of interest, when, when you're doing the scoring or the looking at the measurable statistics, um, do you find that there are a number of women at a certain level of an organization, but they're not leaping through to the next stage? Or is it just that there aren't women coming into the organization as a whole? Is is there a point yeah. where there seems to be a break in that, in that chain up to the top?
2: It, absolutely, David. It's quite interesting, actually. There is a sort of a mid to senior management role where women tend to fall off. And we think that it has something to do with maternity. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reach that age where they have, uh, you know, they're, they're having their children and they're finding it much more difficult to balance. And if the organization is not being flexible with them and is not recognizing the fact that, you know, to this date, well, women are the ones that spend most of their time, and it's actually, you know, uh, two to three times the amount of hours spent by 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 a woman on uh, house chores and taking care of children. These are Canadian statistics, but I'm pretty sure it's, uh, you know, pretty global uh, compared to their their husbands, to the, their you know the men. So if organizations also collectively decide that they want to put an emphasis on supporting men who want to spend more time at home and taking care of their children and going on paternity leave, that is also going to help their wives be more present in the workplace.
0: That's an interesting point. I was, I was going to say, do you think it's more a case that an organization can be more flexible to, to, towards the female employee, or is it paternity that could, you know, changing paternity that could make a bigger impact. Obviously, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to advocate uh, one in isolation of the other, but it, which do you think actually no. plays the bigger, the bigger, the bigger role really in change?
2: Well, I think the bigger role will probably be to, you know, be more supportive of women because it's going to take time until men are ready to take half of the load. And mm. if we want something that, you know, has an impact tomorrow morning, it's really around supporting better women during their maternity leave and while they come back, instead mm. of letting them, you know, swim or sink, recognizing that they have a new reality compared to, and here in Quebec, women have a whole year, they have 12 months per pregnancy. Right. So it's, it's, it's a lot. So it's a double-edged sword because at the same time, yes, they get all this time to take care of their kids. But when they come back a year later, the organizations are really, you know, they're transforming so quickly nowadays. They don't feel they necessarily fit. So the woman is actually open to keeping a certain level of um, contact with the organization, the organization could have someone sort of dedicated to updating that person, speaking to her, you know, maybe on a monthly basis saying, you know, this is what's new with the organization so that the person, when she comes back, she doesn't struggle. She doesn't feel like, oh my God, this is too much. I'd rather just stay home.
0: I'd never consider the fact that the rate of change makes it harder to come back until now yeah not funny anyway look um, last, <laughs> last last, quick point that I want to, to finish on uh, you have been very successful yourself um, you started this in 2010 but but multiple national and international awards uh, included in the United Nations uh, top 100 most powerful women in Canada you're a two times TEDx speaker uh, both in French and English and your, bilingual, your, your 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 linguist skills have shown me up before Caroline uh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but look you know as someone who has been successful and, and just quickly w- w- women in government in Canada. How many members members are you?
2: Well, uh, it's it's not a membership-based organization, uh, but I can tell you that on social media, we've got about 70,000 followers on our different platforms. Uh, And uh, our events are extremely well attended. And what's very unique in what we do is that we've got all the top CEOs of the country that come to our events, all the top chairmen and chairwomen um, that attend, our our, our ministers, prime ministers, et cetera. So very, very well uh, respected organization and uh, a real catalyst for change.
0: So it's been wildly successful and and the the work that you've done is is absolutely brilliant. If you gave some advice to women listening that can help them advance their careers, what would that, you know, if, if you can give them one piece of advice, what would it be?
2: Well, that's that's an interesting question. And often I have women who come to me and say, well, how did you do all that you've done and how, you know, where does your success come from? And it's, you know, the difficulty I have in answering that is because I've had a life that is very unique in the sense that I grew up through the Lebanese Civil War uh, and I've developed a lot of my, you know, um, skill set and, and qualities through the hardship that I've lived through you know like everything mm-hmm. that has to do with courage strength uh, a resilience which to me is the single most important quality of a leader um, throughout you know living growing up through the Civil War and moving to Paris at age 17 on my own no money no parents and really being in a swimmer sink situation and uh, and and making it to Canada and you um, and proud to have achieved everything that I've achieved. But I would say, you know, as women, um, there's one thing that is very important and one obstacle that we place on ourselves, and that is being able to talk about our achievements, being proud of what we've achieved, but also recognizing our strengths, not being, um, you know, too often women, uh, feel that they're imposters or feel that they don't, don't deserve what they've earned or don't have the self-confidence that is required to actually, you know, be assertive enough to get this promotion that they deserve or get the salary that goes with it, et cetera. So I would see, I would say that audacity and, and coming out of your comfort zone and overcoming your fears is one of the most important things for your career, for your career path.
0: Amazing. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today and lovely to catch up with you. Um, if anyone wants to follow uh, the organization, uh, how do, how, what's the best platform, do you think? face? Uh, sorry, would it probably be LinkedIn?
2: So LinkedIn, uh, under yeah. my name, Caroline Kotze, CODSI, and under uh, La Gouvernance au Femina, Women in Governance. Mm. Also on, on Facebook, on Twitter, Um on Instagram, although we're not as present as we would like to be, we're working on, uh, on our uh, social media platforms. But I think <laughs> definitely LinkedIn and Facebook are the two platforms where, you know, there's in, in our Facebook group, there's about 9,000 people exchanging on a daily uh, basis. Amazing. Uh, so very interesting conversations to follow there.
0: Well, look, thank you for your time.
2: Well, thank you so much, David. It was a pleasure.
0: Right. There is loads in that um, I, I think I think I, I like the fact that she's talked about the, the need to create certification within Canada, that she describes this country that is wholly progressive and yeah. that is the, the external view that you have of Canada, but that because of the lack of legislation, it's a lot of lip service by a lot of people.
1: Exactly. So basically, everybody's saying exactly the same thing. They're all singing from the same hymn sheet that there needs to be more progression, more women... But nothing is happening. So this certification is actually a really, really great idea. And what was fantastic was that she was able to talk about one of their clients, which was Rolls-Royce, and the Mm. fact that they have waived the fact that um, they're able to talk about this and they've let it be out in the open, that actually a company like Rolls-Royce is struggling with it. Mm. And I think that really kind of opens the conversation and then allows other companies to go, actually, put my hands up. I'm struggling over here too. Mm. So it doesn't feel kind of stupid or that you shouldn't be saying those things. It's the opposite.
0: Yeah, and um, she makes the point during the interview that she actually gets the stats slightly wrong. And she did ask me to point this out. She said 5% of CEOs are men. 5% of CEOs are obviously women, not men. Um, yes. Uh, but where you have 95% of CEOs are men, it takes it takes a forward-thinking person to do what Rolls-Royce have done and go, hey, you know what? We're shit.
1: Yes. And I think, I really do think it's a really brave step Mm. and I think it will start making changes. I think as soon as one person does it, it will have a knock-on effect and before you know it, everyone will be putting their hands up saying, we need help and we're rubbish at it, so come over here.
0: And to a point about male allies, men will listen to men. Yes. Um... Unfortunately that's probably true. And if you've got a company like Rolls Royce that a lot of men would probably view as quite a masculine macho company that they kind of look to and go, Oh, there's a there's a heritage brand, there's a kind of a blue chip brand that Absolutely. we really respect. I think I
1: think it really, really helps that it is mm. Rolls Royce. Yeah. You know, it, it's kinda of sexy, it's it's you know It's a
0: company that a lot of people will probably aspire, aspire to, exactly. And here you go have that that hyper masculine kind of s- styled image Brand, you know, yep. it's kind of a James Bond kind of brand. Yep. You know, it's like Bond turning around going, I'm a misogynist and I need to change.
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> People might go, Oh, all right, if Bond thinks that then yeah, then
1: maybe we should have a yeah. you know a second look at maybe, it. Maybe
0: he's had a coffee with Jason Bourne and Bourne's gone, Come on, Bond. <laughs> um actually I don't know whether Bond Bourne's that yeah.
1: No, anyway, no, Bond's,
0: Bond's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, but I'd say that Born is much better than Bond. <laughs>
0: um, what about this stat that women spend two to three times the amount of time on childcare and housework? Probably nothing new there. Well, or- it's
1: absolutely the same in our house. And all we have to look at <laughs> is our Christmas wrapping that you referred to. And he's moaning about the fact that I have two presents hey, left look, to wrap. You just think I'm I useless at wrapping and you like wrapping. The entire family and David has managed Do
0: you like two Do presents. you like wrapping? I do like wrapping. Does it bring joy to your life?
1: Yeah, but I only like it for the first, like, two or three when I've put the bows on. And then after that, I really, really can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Well, by that stage, you've already... Look, whenever I try and do something like this, you tell me off and tell me I've got it wrong. I found out the other day that when I was decorating the Christmas tree, I put a bauble around the back of the tree, <laughs> and I was very excited, and, and Haley had removed it from the tree without telling me because she decided that it wasn't worthy of the tree. So, uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> oh, God, you, I, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I do like the point, though, that she makes that that um, that an organisation possibly should have a member of staff there to talk to a a woman on maternity leave whilst they're not there. So it's not yes. a cultural shock yeah. when they come back. And I know organisations have a, have keep in touch days. But that's not quite the same as having someone from the organisation reaching out to that person saying, hey, this is what's going on. Just so you're in the loop, just so you don't feel too too distant from the changes within the organisation. Because over the course of a year, there is a huge amount of change.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm surprised, actually, that that hasn't come up in the conversations we've had about it, David. Because I've had times where I've had um, a long period of sick time off work and going back to work. Actually, the most terrifying thing is... What's changed? Mm. What am I going into? What will be expected of me? Will there be new people that I have to work for? All those kind of things are the things that make it the most terrifying thing. And actually, if there was somebody even with, you know, sickness going along the way saying, right, this has happened. We've got this new person. Here's an email. You can get to know them. That would be really helpful. So absolutely on maternity, you've been in this bubble of, you know, nappies, late nights, early mornings and, Yeah, the fact that you then are expected to just turn up on Monday morning and step back into your old job is is actually kind of ridiculous. Mm,
0: Yeah. And the other point that I really like, made, I'll I'll kind of finish on this one, but limited time to serve on a board, good for business. That's something I never really thought of.
1: No, but it makes total sense. How can you have the same, you know, 20 people staring each other in the face, Mm. coming up with ideas that have been trying to come up with ideas for the past 30 years?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It doesn't make any sense. But we should not leave it there. Okay, go on. Because... This woman is incredible. Caroline, I'm in awe, like literally. And I can't believe that she ended the interview on this. Her life and the the things that she's gone through that have actually, you know, given her this resilience. It's it's so impressive. And I really feel that she should write a book. She should be in schools. She should be talking to refugees all over the world about what you can do with, you know, with the experiences that you've had and how actually you can change downright negative into a positive.
0: Absolutely. A present, a Christmas present to those who need it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel inspired
0: well good uh, look we will leave it there uh, we're not going to have any tech news today because quite frankly it's Christmas and <laughs> I don't want to look at the news it's too depressing um, but Santa's on his way yes uh, that's exciting um, and hopefully Haley will be happy with what you have to open tomorrow I'm sure I will <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yes uh, right enjoy your Christmas have a Merry Christmas and we'll be back later in the week